0: Now then, while Taiwan's recent national referendum showed that about 60% of people there want to repeal their anti-nuclear policy, the South Korean government continues with its nuclear phase-out plan. Recently, we've heard some strong arguments in favour of nuclear power on the show, but the story of someone who's explored the radioactive badlands created by nuclear accidents might offer a Different perspective. Let's bring in Mr. Fred Pierce, an acclaimed writer who won a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Association of British Science Writers in 2011 and is the author of the recent book, Fallout, Disasters, Lies and the Legacy of the Nuclear Age. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Our pleasure. Thank you.
0: And in your book, you share your experience touring the world, exploring nuclear waste and contaminated sites. Chernobyl and Fukushima would be the ones that probably immediately come to our minds, but are, are they much more extensive than that?
1: Those are the two big um, disasters that I think have shaped what many people think about nuclear power as as a sort of dangerous, um, out-of-control technology. And I think they have shaped our fear about technology. It existed before because of the... Uh, association between nuclear power and nuclear weapons and that's really the origin of my skepticism about about the value of nuclear power but um there are many other um in the uk where i am now Sellafield uh, used to be called windscale had a big fire back in the 1950s a whole series of rather devastating accidents in russia uh, over you know, particularly in the 50s, but since that as well. A whole legacy of problematic, shall we say, issues. It's um, unclear how many people died in these accidents, but they provoked a great deal of, of fear, for sure. And part of the reason I wanted to do the book was really to tour this legacy and start asking questions about how dangerous these sites are, but also what they tell us about... Um, what we think about nuclear power and how our ideas about nuclear power have changed. So if you like, I was looking at physical landscapes, radioactive landscapes, but also the kind of medical, excuse me, the mental landscape of um, how we think about nuclear power. And to be as dispassionate as I could, obviously it's, it's an opinion, it's a topic on which everybody has opinions, but I wanted to kind of hold some middle ground on it as well.
0: You know, Sellafield that you mentioned before, I I grew up in the UK and I remember going on a school trip there um, many years ago and parents had the option of opting out and... (laughs) um, I think I was one of three children that actually ended up going to sell a field of, of a possible several dozen. And uh, I think that really stood out in my mind, uh, even as a young child, but especially in the years since I've reflected on it. It sort of shows the, the level of discrimination people have against nuclear mm. energy. But is that actually rational?
1: Well, um if you count if you like the death toll from nuclear power it probably isn't. Um, the risks are generally much smaller. Even for a big accident like um Chernobyl, the actual number and Fukushima, the actual number of people that have suffered from those, um, it was certainly more at Chernobyl at Fukushima very few probably. Um, but you know, I mean we have other le- other legacy problems now. I mean, Sellafield is a very good example of a place which is going to cost hundreds of billions of dollars to clean up because of the legacy of contamination and pollution on the site. If we want to clean that up properly, it's going to cost an absolute fortune. So those are the kind of things that are now coming to the fore because I do believe that much of the nuclear industry is shutting down uh, will close over the last few decades. You're seeing that in Korea, which only, uh, a few years ago was touted by the nuclear industry as, you know, the new sort of, uh, front line for developing nuclear power. Now, along with Japanese and others and the Germans, of course, and even the Americans you're shutting down, the French indeed too. Uh, so we're beginning to see, I think the end of this industry. Um, and we, we, we're going to, the, clean-up costs are what are coming to the fore. Um, You can't, incidentally, nobody will let you go into Sellafield anymore. All those school tours have been shut down. There's no sort of public uh, face for Sellafield now, which I think is a shame because I think the nuclear industry really owes it to the world to at least be honest and open about what's happened.
0: It was so long ago my memory of that tour is so limited i must <laughs> confess um but i, well, Selle- I mean Sutherfield
1: used to be a ma- you know a big nuclear production site recycling nuclear waste mm. to turn it into new uh, energy but more that's more or less all ended and it's now it's now just a cleanup site but yeah. a very expensive one
0: well let's talk a little bit more about how we measure the cost of energy uh because one of course of the measures is financial, like you just explained. But but when we um, look a bit closer at what you were saying before, at how actually dangerous sources of energy are, it it tells us a lot about, I think, human psychology. So, for example, fossil fuels, which kill many many people through almost invisible means i say almost invisible because mm. we can see the haze in the air um but coal for example um forbes released a, a bunch of figures in 2012 showing the um mortality rate deaths per trillion kilowatt hours of various energy sources coal the global uh, average was 100,000 deaths um Compared with, say, 36,000 oil, 4,000 natural gas, 440 solar, 150 wind, 1,400 hydro, nuclear just 90. And that um, yeah. includes Chernobyl and Fukushima. And, and, and you yeah, sort of really. think to I yourself, mean, how on earth can nuclear have such a bad reputation uh, as being yeah. unsafe when you look at those numbers?
1: Well, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, I think that you know, one could argue a little bit about some of those numbers. Um, we really don't know within with, within orders of magnitude. Uh, you know, we're up between you know 100 or a 1, thousand times um, exactly how many people have died as a result of the. Uh, Chernobyl accident. My my sense is that probably the figures are lower than many people believe, but there is there huge uncertainty in these numbers. So you know, be a bit a little bit careful about those risk right. factors. But I think but I think you're right, broadly speaking. There is, uh, and that's not you know we are human. We, you know we're allowed to decide what kind of risks that we want to take. Um, We seem to be able to prepare to accept those kind of risks from fossil fuels to our health. You know, we're getting more concerned about them, but we seem broadly to accept. them. We're not very good at accepting risks, um, which are completely invisible. And you would you would have no way of knowing, you know, if, if if something happens at a nuclear power plant, you really have no way of knowing if there's radiation in the air or not. Something happens at a coal fired power station, you probably do know. You can see the smoke, or something would would trigger that. So we're more frightened of the things that are completely invisible. We're frightened of things where we think governments are not telling the truth to us about them. And um, nuclear power has a has a strong history of of that, partly because of its connection with uh, with nuclear weapons. But also there's always in the back of our mind the risk of a really, uh, the fear of a really big disaster. Mm. And when nuclear accidents happen, they do tend to be really, really quite large and they grab headlines for days and weeks on end. Um, so those all play to our psyche. I don't think we should dismiss how people view risk and say it's irrational you know, we, we, I think potentially very large risks for whole communities, and indeed whole countries, do flag up very high in our sense of risk. But that's like a sort of communal fear. We don't want to be all killed. Uh, if, if just a few of us get killed in, in, in sort of odd ways over the years, we can cope with that. But really big disasters are much more scary. And I don't think that's irrational, to be honest.
0: Right, and, and also looking at the the sort of reality of the nature of these deaths without being too morbid um people who are dying as a result of fossil fuels uh, when those are spiking they presumably have other conditions that are making them vulnerable whereas something like nuclear fallout can take down in a very unpleasant way the most robust healthy members of the population right so it's it's just yeah, the complete yeah, think, danger of that's nuclear
1: power. true. I mean, that, I, I think that, that is a good point. It's another reason, I think, why we have uh, a much greater sort of alertness to risk from nuclear things. It's that sense of invisibility, that sense that ab- absolutely everybody is vulnerable, that sense that we might not even be able to see it coming over the hill, the nuclear cloud would be invisible um, and as I say, again, that we, we tend not to get told about it. So the whole bunch of reasons. And, and you can add up the numbers and say, well, we get the risks out of proportion. But there, are, there is a sense in which we're not being completely stupid in fearing nuclear power.
0: Right, um, but that said, uh, kind of <laughs> the ideal scenario. Because when you look at the renewable energy deaths, a number of them seem to be things like accidents, which hopefully are avoidable if if people take extra precautions, um, rather than deaths to energy consumers. But. Uh, But people aren't, unfortunately, rushing forward with renewable energy sources as fast as they perhaps should be. And often the choice presented to us, including here in South Korea, is build more coal power plants or go down the nuclear energy route.
1: And if it's a it's choice a, yes, between are,
0: those, nuclear yeah, seems uh, the to be are sometimes
1: presented like that. I mean, actually, the amount of investment going into renewable energy around the world is is actually huge at the minute. Uh, solar and wind power are getting more investment than fossil fuels now. Um, so uh, you know they're coming from a, a low base, but re- renewables are really taking off. Now you're quite right to say or to suggest that nuclear power is like renewables a low. Uh, Carbon source of energy, in other words, it's, it's climate friendly, broadly speaking, um, and so I I'm strongly of the view that we shouldn't for we shouldn't rule out uh, nuclear power. I'm certainly not in favour of shutting down existing nuclear power stations ahead of time, because we do need as many sources of nuclear uh, of uh, low carbon energy as we can get. But the 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 price tags now on renewables are so low. Uh, and they continue to come down, whereas the price tag for nuclear keeps on going up. Mm. But I don't think there's an economic future, for at least for existing kinds of nuclear power. Maybe there are some new uh, sort of designs, very different designs to the one we have now, uh, ones which are unconnected or less connected with nuclear weapons. Um and maybe they will come along in future. But I think the current generation of nuclear power stations and anything like them is very expensive and leaves a huge waste legacy, as we were talking about earlier, which means that whatever you think about the, 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 the health risks of radiation or potential for nuclear power stations to to, um, to go badly wrong, whatever you think about that, I don't think they're a very good economic option. I don't, As I say, I don't think we should be shutting down existing nuclear power. Right. I should think we should run them for their lives. But I don't think that nuclear power in general is, there may be exceptions, but in general is the best option, the best place to put our money if we're seriously investing in low carbon energy.
0: And that seems like a very fair conclusion then, that this idea that nuclear energy doesn't have a longer term future. Hopefully that lies with renewables the big question in my mind though is will we get a fair chance if you know fossil fuels are probably on the way out too but will they do too much damage before they disappear
1: uh well they've already done quite a lot of damage and um the coal burning in particular is is still going up some of us thought four or five years ago that it might have reached a peak we might have hit peak coal but it's still it's still going up uh it's a re- I mean, fossil fuels and coal especially are a real menace to the global climate. Um, so I'm much more concerned about climate change than I am about any uh, risks from nuclear power, I must admit. Um, so we need to get out of coal especially and anybody who says anything is um you know is is well if it's better than coal then it's it, it's something we probably should be doing but i think nuclear i, I think renewables is ultimately the route we're going down
0: hopefully we'll this message will be heard, be heard. we're, we're out of time fred pierce environmental journalist yeah. anyone who's interested can check out that book fallout uh, as well as i'm sure a whole range of literature on the subject Um, Thank you for speaking a lot of sense this morning.
1: Pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: And we'll continue this morning after BBC World News.